Hey there, Melissa. Hey, Devin. And how are we today? We are good. Oh, um, girl, this has been a blessing of a week. Let me tell you, I have been over and over and over this week, I've been interacting with people who just can't make their actions and their words match you. calling me out or anything so we were talking about this earlier and basically we stuck on the lack of integrity people seem to have is absolutely mind-blowing it is seemingly everywhere we turn yeah in absolutely every avenue that touches our daily lives yeah from The contacts that you're making in your morning, you know, setting your plan for the day, following up on emails, you know, Melissa and I both run businesses, so there's a lot of contact points in the the course of a day. Like, I don't know what her count is, but like, text messages alone, I often send over a hundred a day. Back and forth, conversation points, you know, confirming things instructional conversation, following up, everything. That's just text messages. That's not on Messenger. That's not on email. That's phone not calls, phone emails. calls, emails. And that's not in person. That's pure text messaging. So <clears throat> when you have a, a, a business or two or however many, <laughs> I don't know what I'm up to now. I feel like... I feel like three now. I'm at three now. I feel like I collect new things every week. But I also completely agree with you that the integrity that people are lacking in today's society and in especially when it pertains to business is startling. And it makes you wonder where is it coming from? Where's this this poor ethics where is this coming from because i have no idea yeah well one i think it's a very much learned behavior and then the more people do it and then get away with it as far as so when i'm saying lack of integrity it's saying one thing but doing another saying i'll be somewhere at this time not being there i'll be here at this day let's set this up blah 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 Last-minute canceling, lack of communication. To me, that goes right in that line of lack of integrity. Of If you say you're going to do something, you sure as hell better do it, or you better have one heck of an excuse as to why. But if I see it continually happening over and over and over, mm. you're telling me through your actions exactly who you are. I then don't care what's coming out of your mouth anymore. So whether you are a paying client or if I'm doing a business transaction with you if I'm that changes how where I'm spending my money where I'm spending my time where I'm putting my effort mm-hmm. absolutely so in my world just this last few days I have had point of contact with Um, many business people because I am in the process of setting up a new business 
And this is like a bricks and mortar. So it is yeah. of my businesses. This is my first bricks and mortar. And um, so again, points of contact are extensive between insurance, between signage, marketing. Um, uh, uh, there's been maintenance things to deal with, tradespeople. And like I am generally my own job right so i am my job i am my business and i am managing all the moving parts to get this up and running and you know yeah i'm i'm very organized and generally really on top of stuff but sometimes something slips through the cracks well i feel pretty confident right now that i haven't let anything slip through the cracks i feel like i've been managing well um Without getting overwhelmed either, because, you know, I still have a day-to-day life to to do. I still have another business that is my quote-unquote regular job. Yep. And clients and expectations and whatnot there as well. So, you know, generally speaking, I try my darndest to make sure that I am true to my word. Mm -hmm. If I make an appointment with someone for 9 a.m. because they're coming to give me a quote or an assessment or do a measure or whatever, I make sure I'm there for 9 a.m. I committed to that person. So their whole day relies on me being on time and doing what I said. So then, for instance, today I had an incident where I required to, I, re, I am, I made an inquiry to a person, a bit another business person, that I would like to have more information provided to me about their business. So <clears throat> the inquiry went out um, yesterday. I placed the inquiry initially, um, contacted their office and asked to be put through. They weren't available to talk to me, so I asked for their voicemail to leave them a message. This was sometime yesterday afternoon. and. It's kind of of an urgent nature, and the business that this person is in is, I'm going to say, it's one of those kind of 24-hour businesses where, you know, like, they need to be on top of their stuff in order to get my business. Or you will find someone else who is readily available. There are multiple people in this specific business. Correct. That we that can That can call. help me, that I can call. However, so made initial point of contact yesterday, let's say lunchtime. Um, by five o'clock, I still had not received a response. Mm -hmm. Not any response, like not even a, a quick text message that said, hi, I'm out of the office today. However, I got your message. I will get back to you with further information tomorrow morning. That's all that really was required or even a quick, I didn't leave her my email. I only left her my, my answering or my phone number. So that would have been sufficient, but no. So again, um, this morning, as of 9 a.m., I had other appointments scheduled for this morning. So by 9.30, I'd gone through my first appointment and was now coming into my second appointment this morning. Still no contact back from said person. Mm -hmm. So now I'm kind of getting antsy. Because things are a bit time sensitive right now. So still nothing. And it was, um, I so by 10 o'clock, I s did a, an additional point of contact. So the, on her webpage, there is an ability to kind of like 
direct message her through her webpage. Mm-hmm. So I was like, did that. I'm like, you know what? Maybe she didn't check her voicemail. Sometimes our mailboxes get full. And maybe she didn't check her voicemail. Totally fair. Let me do a different point of contact. And if nothing else, she may then realize that I'm serious. And that may increase her sense of urgency to get back to me. Because I like to give people the benefit of the doubt most times. So I make this secondary point of contact. Within like an hour, I get a text. And I'm like, oh, hot diggity. Okay, perfect. We're on the same page. The text basically says, hi, are you available to talk? I received your message. Are you available to talk? Here's my direct line. Please contact me. Thank you. Wonderful. Now we're getting somewhere. Immediately, I call her. She doesn't know what I'm talking about. Can we clarify for the people, give some some context so that this makes more sense? Okay, so there is a property that I am looking to potentially purchase. And this is where the nature of, I think I just want to clarify for people because like it may come off unreasonable because if somebody, like for example, I go to bed at 830. I don't look at my phone otherwise. So if somebody needed me after that, Fat chance, that's adorable, but like I'm in bed, it's not happening. I get up at 4 a.m. So it's not the intention of I have needs and I need them now and you're going to answer me because we have text and I need immediate gratification. It's none of those things of no. how it may be coming across. Yeah, that's real true. estate. It's real is estate. different yeah. and it is absolutely time sensitive. But again, when it's that commission based. Mm-hmm. position that real estate agents are absolutely in mm-hmm. it's not really smart of them to be like oh let Dismissive. me not che- yeah let me not check my voicemails let me not answer and then mm-hmm. not know what you're talking about like mm-hmm. anyway so just I was, to clarify yeah no one and i think context is appropriate and i again within that i still don't need to disclose who or what when, no, where never but yes this is a real estate situation so there is a property that i am interested in i would like to see this property in person i contacted the listing agent the actual listing agent for mm-hmm. said property because i currently am not under contract with an agent right so i can contact her directly i do not need to go through my own brokerage so contact her directly now at least there's contacts so contact her directly then i call her this morning around whatever time 10 o'clock or in between my 9 and my 9 30 appointment i called her she doesn't know who i am or what i'm talking about she then says to me i said well I just received a text message with your name and phone number from this number to contact you. So I am Devin and I am contacting you regarding a viewing of said of the property you have listed at such and such an address. And she sounds clustered, like just bewildered. And then it's like, oh, well, what what would you like to know about it? I said, I want to see it. I said, no, I don't need to know anything. Your listing is pretty self-explanatory. I would like to book a time to see it. People are cute. Cute. So now I'm already frustrated because 
you contacted me back telling me to contact you and I did immediately and I'm getting now like you don't know what I'm talking about you seem confused now I get the impression you're not listening to me and it also doesn't heighten any interest of you're really somebody I want to work with at all yeah like so now I'm in the eh that's a good way to put it I'm like oh this person is frustrating the life out of me now and it's not even 10 a.m like I've already been up for three hours being productive I'm ready for a nap and you like you're not helping your case here as far as being a selling agent, a listing agent on a property that I feel is probably pretty urgent for you to get sold. So anyway, um, she then says to me, she's like, oh, well, I have a viewing today and I have a viewing tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Um, great. Well, I say to her. I am going to be in that area on Thursday evening of this week. I'm already committed to be in that area because this is not in the same town I currently live in, just for context. It's like an hour away. So I'm, I'm already committed to be in that area on Thursday evening. I would like to see it anywhere after 6 o'clock. Yeah, can we arrange it? Set it up? Please arrange it. She says to me, And I'm paraphrasing, but it's pretty close to word for word. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't show it to you after six o'clock. I'll be curling. (laughs) I'm sorry. You're what? So I said that. I'm sorry. You're busy. Okay. Is there someone else in your office that is available to to show it to me. Well, usually there is, but she's on vacation. So she says to me, well, I could show it to you anytime up until five o'clock on Thursday. Could you make it earlier? I said to her, up until five o'clock, okay. Leave it with me and I will get back to you within the hour to see if I can make that happen before five o'clock because I have to then rearrange my plans. So I get to it. I hang up with her. I hop to it. I get on it. Yes, I can make that happen. Like 4.35 o'clock, no problem. Great. Immediately text her back. So now we're looking at like probably noon by the time I talked to her, confirmed my plans and got back to her, right? Back and forth thing. Noonish today, <clears throat> I message her back and say, yes, I am good for 4.30 or five o'clock on Thursday. Please confirm that we can do a showing at said property and named it. By 4.30, there is no reply. Four hours now have gone by. There is no reply. There isn't even a okay or a thumbs up. (laughs) It is crickets. And again, to be clear, in real estate, everything is time sensitive. So it's not that anything is, I guess I'm clarifying again to be like, it's not 
if you don't understand real estate, it might mm-hmm. seem a little like demanding. Nutty. Yeah, nutty to be like, why are you being crazy? But yes, anyone but out there. But anything in real estate is extremely time sensitive. And that is your job. So yes. if someone's saying, hey, I really want to book a viewing, let's make this a com like let's make this accommodation. Mm-hmm. I'm available. Mm-hmm. It's your job to be near your phone and communicating. You don't just like mm-hmm. anyway, things come up, I'm sure, but of no. Course. For the most part, this is again in in today's topic. Yes. Whereas you do <laughs> as you are supposed to do. In the business you're in, if you become a real estate agent, there is um, a general knowledge that you are to be readily available for a potential sale or a showing or anything, a question from a potential buyer at any hour of the day, any day of the year. I know real estate agents. I know lots of them. I know lots of real estate agents that have had to literally leave their home in a snowstorm on a Sunday night. Like 8 o'clock at night. To go show a house. That's right. Or to do a presentation offer. Or to um, answer, run into their office to get information on a listing to give it to a potential client. Like... Yeah, we have a real estate friend that was, it'll be like 11 o'clock at night and they'll be like, yeah, just drawing up an offer, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. People don't, time, time doesn't exist in real estate. It doesn't. It doesn't. And it's, it's one reason why I didn't go into that trade. Mm -hmm. And because when I was, my children were younger, it was very alluring to get into it. And I, real estate is a big hobby of mine. I enjoy real estate I love everything about it I love from the properties to the listings to the legalities I love it all I didn't go into it because at that time in my life when I could have gotten into it my children were young and I was an only parent and it was just not going to make sense for our family I needed something that had a day schedule not a around the clocks 365 schedule so I know what the industry is like. I've worked hand in hand with it for many, many years. I have many, many good clients and contacts that are real estate agents. They work around the clock. This person can't even text me back. So you might be calling one of those many other friends. Well, I did. So by 4.30 this afternoon, before I came over to do this with you, I then made my initial point of contact with my agent who I know and filled her in and said, listen, here's where I'm at. Here's the listing. So I popped her over the listing, sent her the listing. She immediately tell me what you want to know about the listing or about this property. So I fired her off like six points that I wanted to know. She instantly, because she's part of a group, so she has a team. She instantly started a group chat with me and her entire team and was like, Devin wants to know this. Here's her, here's, here's what she wants to know. Go. Immediately, we had a request for a showing. We immediately had answers that are not in the MLS listing and we made it happen. Here's the funny part. The listing agent told the team, my real estate team, 
I can't show it to her on Thursday night. We are not available. 20 minutes later, she texts me back personally, the listing agent, and said, confirmed for 4.30 Thursday. See you there. No, ma'am. No, No, ma'am. ma'am. So now her actions are not matching her words. And she's playing catch up now to be like, oh, shit. So now she not only has my text message to respond to that has been sitting in limbo for four out five hours now at this point. She is a real estate team. She now has my team on her asking her questions about this property and trying to book a viewing for me, but she doesn't not know it's for me. Yeah. So she tells my team, no, I can't show it to you that day, but then confirms with me that she can. Like, wow. So I screenshot the confirmation for 4.30 Thursday and bump it into our group text. And I just said, here's what I just got, girls. Can somebody please figure this out for me? To which I got an immediate answer because now there's four of us in this group chat. Two of the agents, so the team leader, her agent, the, the administrative person, and me there's four of us in this group it's immediately answered she apologizes there's been a something going on it's been addressed we are booked for five o'clock funny and that agent isn't going to be there my agent is showing it to me perfect well she's probably super embarrassed now as well i would assume so (laughs) And again, you're like, yes, things come up. Yes, of course. But it's the excuse pile was just ridiculous. No, no, no. So again, actions and words. She told me she was curling. So she couldn't show it to me after six. She told my real estate team that she had nobody at home to let her dogs out. Then she told them that there was a death. Then she told them that the owner of the property was changed her mind, wasn't going to be home and now is going to be home. So we got four stories in the course of an hour, four separate stories. She's just ruined. And it's funny because this happens all the time. Mm-hmm. If you go, not to change the subject, no, but if go you it. go to a restaurant and have a God awful experience, mm-hmm. you tell Everyone you know about it. Mm -hmm. This is exactly what you're doing. You've had a bad experience. Mm -hmm. And And not on air, but we will talk about it of specifically who it is. Yes. Because then it red flags it in the back of my mind of when we, at any point in time, go to do business in the future, Mm -hmm. that is highlighted in the back of my mind To be like, oh, okay. And again, this happens all the time in any industry. Mm -hmm. I have have clients that have dealt with many other trainers at other gyms in in Peterborough, where we Mm -hmm. live. And a lot of the stories that I get are Mm mind-blowing. But, and I'll highlight one quick of just like, I won't say where, but at a facility specifically, um... This little girl was training people, but then on her phone the whole time, 
almost like it was just like an inconvenience to be training my now current client. Well, that person's not going to pay you $90 an hour to work with them if you're on your phone and seemingly like you're, they are interrupting your day. Yeah. By being there. Like, sorry, but now you're, you don't even come across as professional, let alone anything else. Mm -hmm. So again, great. That worked out in my favor. I have a new client. No problem. Right. But it happens all the time. It's everywhere in any facet. And I think the hard part too is the people closest in your life Mm -hmm. seem to take more advantage of it sometimes, sometimes, let me be clear, Mm -hmm. than others. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. that's my friend. It doesn't matter that I'm late. Oh, I've been with this person for a year. She knows I'm always late. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. I'm going to still be late. Yeah. Well, yes, things come up. But if you are consistently late or consistently whatever... Mm-hmm. all the time it's just more of a lack of respect thing and that's how it comes across so it's like there are ways to deal with that but like if somebody you know somebody's perpetually late mm-hmm. cool we're meeting at five i know we're actually meeting at five thirty. like mm-hmm. that's fine yeah but i shouldn't have to do and i'm just using a generalized example but you don't respect that friend's time if that's continually happening over and over and over. Like, good grief. So, <clears throat> funny you brought that up. So, I um, I work with a life coach. I, I don't have an awesome uh, close support team. And I have found that in my life and in my business life especially, and dealing with just all the stuff that comes up in, a, in the course of a, a, a week... I deal with a life coach and she, I have a a female life coach and she is, her and I were discussing uh, a week or two ago about, you know, boundary setting and stuff like that, right? Because it comes up very often in in topics with, especially when you're dealing with business stuff and, and, you know, even family matters and whatever, but specifically in business. Um, Her and I were discussing about boundaries and she shared a story with me that she currently is working on in her own personal life um exactly what you just said so she has a couple of friends in her life whom she has had to kind of step back from because that boundary of being on time for a an appointment with them or a lunch with them or a date with them of any kind is constantly being disrespected Mm -hmm. and I believe you're completely right when you set a when you set a standard for conduct in your life be it business personal family whatever you have to really stick to it and if you are a person who um like well Melissa knows this about me but like I operate quick I am like a now 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 type of person and it's not that I am needy. I'm not in that, like, I want your attention now, now, now. It's the, if I if I think of something, I'm on it now. 
either I will send a quick text, I will send a quick call, I will send a quick email, I will I will put a note in my phone to like bring this up with someone later. Um, if I see something that, that I think, oh, geez, I need to send that to Melissa, for example. Oh, I just saw this. I need to send it to her now. It's probably part of my attention deficit, but it's also part of my superpowers because I can have 25,000 thoughts going through my head at any given time. We're just being efficient about it. But I, I act in an efficient way. I do. So it's like if I'm, if I'm on a mission today that I'm going to book this viewing with this property and I need to make it happen for a set day and time because that's when it's going to make most sense for my life and my business and my, my stuff, it has to be acted upon now. So if I'm acting upon it now, I will give a grace period, of course. But I expect that other, like the reciprocation to be also of somewhat urgency. And the first red flag was, contact me now, blah, blah, blah. And then I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, okay, red flag right, right away. So you're like, hey, this feels gross. Yeah, like immediately I was, exactly, immediately I got that, oh, feeling. And again, I don't need you to recite to me what's already in the listing. I I want a book of viewing. I'm capable of reading. And your listing was written in English, so I am capable of reading it. So... I don't need you to recite to me what's already listed. I clearly mm-hmm. found the listing, read the listing. I've now inquired twice about the listing. Mm-hmm. I'm now following it up with a phone call. So I've made three points of contact mm-hmm. with this agent. And she now is acting like I, I like she's confused. And then also you're inconveniencing her life mm-hmm. because... She is curling. Yeah, she has an activity booked for 6 o'clock, so she can't accommodate my viewing request. Cancel curling or figure it out. We will not say, but this is not... This is not an inexpensive property. Uh, yeah, I was like, is this an overshare? But again, we, no details will be given yeah. at all. But this We're... is it. If this is your job and this is something you're... <laughs> actively looking to sell which hello that's your job Mm -hmm. um skip curling sorry and on the back end of that (laughs) so from the other point of view the person who she's selling this who she's on contract to sell this property so like the sellers are they aware of how lackadaisical she's being in her performance for them? Well, we both know the answer is absolutely not. Uh, but Clearly they don't know. <laughs> but my gracious, like, this just seems to be a current theme. And like you brought up earlier, this seems to be a current theme in every avenue, in every place, in every space that we enter into. From calling the bank, where you get put on hold, and oh my goodness, this... Now it's just the norm where the automatic, the automated message that comes through when you get put on hold is we are experiencing a higher than usual call volume. K. That is a lie. It, 
It is a lie, and I'm telling you why it's a lie. It is a lie because that company is not fulfilling their obligation to employ enough people to answer the standard call volume, never mind an increase. So during, and why would they? Why, why would, would they? they? There is no incentive to hire more people to handle your clients, and there is no accountability for them when we, the client, are being put on hold for 45 minutes to wait to talk to somebody in your call center. There's no accountability. If I call, let's just say Hydro One, if I have a problem with something on my bill and I take the time out of my day to call your 1-800 number to talk to someone to get them to help me with said problem. Between 8.30 and 5 o'clock. Yes, Eastern Standard Time. Yes, ma'am. If I'm taking the time out of my work day, because that is my work hours, so I need to block off an hour of time to now call you to deal with a problem that you created. And then I get put on hold for 38 minutes while your automated message is telling me that you're experiencing a higher than usual call volume. It's a lie. Of course. Your company is not employing enough inbound call people to answer the regular call volume that you should expect for how many hundreds of thousands of customers you have. Mm-hmm. So if you have, I don't even know what how, how many Hydro One customers have. Who who knows? Let's, let's, let's look. look it up. Let's look up how many Hydro One call customers, like how many customers they have. And I'm just using Hydro One as a good example because so many of us have a Hydro One account. If you have... 1.5 million residential and business customers covering approximately 75% of the geographic area of Ontario alone. Okay. Perfect. Thanks. So Hydro One has 1.5 million customers. If I call Hydro One to make an inquiry... There should be enough people on the end of that phone dispatch to answer, let's say, 20% of that. So 20% of the one and a half million, there should be enough people on the other end of that line to answer those questions. And we all know there isn't. Of course. And now I'm like... <laughs> or any given bank. Or any given government institution. Rogers, TELUS, any of those phone providers, any of them, any of them. Oh my goodness. So um, this goes back to COVID. During COVID, when everyone got moved out of the branch and into a home-based setting, and there was massive layoffs, it's like the bar got lowered so low that the company realized, hmm, if we have 10,000 employees and we lay off half, 
we now have 5,000 employees and 10% of those people are inbound calls. So they're the ones where we call in if we have an inquiry. 10% of those are inbound calls. We don't ever have to hire more people because people are now used to waiting an hour on the phone to talk to a representative. An hour is generally the standard of what I've been getting when I call anywhere. Mm-hmm. 38 to 60 minutes. They realize that they do not need to employ as many people. They just have to put that message on their hold line that says they have an unusual volume of, unusually high volume of calls. A higher than normal volume of callers. Um, and let's not forget, this is not just over the phone. No. You now walk into any Walmart, any grocery store, Bank. how many... The mm, less less tellers, two tellers, no checkouts, 18 people lined up. Oh, yeah. And are you dealing with cash? Is there something I can help you with? You have that little lady come out. Can you just go? Maybe we can just do it at the machine. Like if I needed the machine lady, I wouldn't be standing in the stupid line. How about you open up your app and I will walk you through it on your app. George, who's 95. Yeah. Like, right. I'm making things up. I don't know if that really happened. I'm just saying. It really happens. I have been in lineup at the bank and the person comes down the lineup yeah. and says, could I help you do this at the machine? Could we do this on your online banking yeah, app? Just weeding through people to see. Yes. yes. It's real. I've seen that happen. I'm making up George's story. Oh, yeah. Um, well, hopefully his name's George. We like George. <laughs> course um but no it's really prevalent of not only that but yes when you see it in person and being like like i was at walmart the other day Mm -hmm. there was one checkout person Mm -hmm. and then the only option was the self the self server there were like eight people in line to be checked out by that one hill and it was like okay this is also the problem but again why would they hire yeah like they keep saying there's a job shortage and or not a job shortage um a lack of people that can work and yeah. everything else but then they're not saying we've also cut all of these jobs right of, we've removed so you're telling me there's a dozen self-checkouts at walmart there are three or four at the grocery store around the corner from me mm-hmm and I hate using them, but like I'm mm-hmm. not gonna wait in line for twelve people if I have eight things. I'm and just not gonna it. do it. They, of course, they know it, and, and there's they no way it. around it. There's no way around it. And the point of contention for me is, yes, the people that make um, code and repair. Those self-checkouts, there are now jobs for those people by Mm. the businesses purchasing those machines. But the front-end jobs that that are kids, that are moms, that are students. Yeah. That are um, elderly people who just need, like, who just want to work. Yeah, part-time job. Those jobs are now eliminated. 
because of those self-checkout machines. It also, which is going to start me right into the hot button, is it eliminates the ability to use cash. Ding, ding, ding. Those machines don't accept cash. They only accept debit and credit. So, not only now are we eliminating the use of cash in all the major businesses, like retail businesses, right from Walmart to the grocery stores to Shoppers Drug Mart to all of them. Every stinking one of them is now almost cashless because of exactly what you said. There is one, one cashier and four to 12 um, self-serves. Mm-hmm. And we are in a world where if you want me to check out my own groceries, then you should be reducing the price I pay for them. No, now they've like skyrocketed through the roof because Trudeau's lost his mind and inflation's through the roof. And oh my word. Yep. And, and it's control as well, right? Like yes. they control everything and that's what it is. It's like gas prices. They go crazy astronomically high mm-hmm. and there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, right. we can all strike and be like, we're not going to buy gas on Monday. But guess what? If we need to get to work, if we need to get anywhere, we don't have a choice. We're forced into it. There's nothing we can do. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Well, like there's and- nothing mm-hmm. we can do. They have us. And it's spans- And they know it. Yeah, oh, and they know it. And they're manipulating us. Of course. Into all of these ins- just insane practices that are in our current world that we're living in. And even if you have an electric vehicle, you're still paying. You're paying a big amount of money to install a charging station in your home. You're paying extra insurance on your property because now you have that charging station, which is all taxed, by the way. So you're paying more tax on your tax and more tax on your tax. Then you have to purchase the electric vehicle, which is more than generally than a gas-powered vehicle. Yep. There is no incentive anymore for those electric vehicle purchases that there once was. And then you're paying a higher rate of electricity on your home electric bill, which is then taxed further because it's you're paying a delivery fee for your hydro. You're paying a tax on your delivery fee. You're paying a carbon tax. You're paying tax on your carbon tax, and then you're paying your total bill. Let's get into the carbon tax for a second. Because, okay. Oh, my word. So, <laughs> because it just happened is Atlantic Canada mm-hmm. got a, a pause, a pause on their, their having to pay a carbon tax for the actual time being. So... The rest of Canada doesn't get that option, okay? And when we're talking about carbon tax alone, um, what difference at all does that have? What difference is it actually making to the environment? Like, you, you can't tax gas and hydro and everything else and say, that's making a difference. For my carbon footprint. 
It's a scam by the government to screw us out of more money, increase inflation. When you increase the carbon tax, the price of goods go up, the price of gas goes up, which means the price to transport it goes up. Like it's just, it's everything is astronomically priced because of it. And I mean, I would be fine with it if it was a legitimate thing of like, hey, it's actually making a big difference. You can't put a tax on something and think it's magically removing something from the air. Like, oh my word, I can't. It's, I don't even feel like that was, like, (laughs) I get it. Eloquently (laughs) put out of my mouth, but I just, I cannot, it, it's just a scam from the government. It's a way for them to make money. Um, and you're being, they're guilted. taxing their tax. And we're being guilted into paying for things that we're already paying for. So we're paying more for things that we're already paying for. And they're guilting us and, and bullying us into saying that the reason that it's happening is our fault. Yeah. Well, again, to go back to the price of gas, 60% of the price of gas is tax. Yes. Tax. Yes. Makes that make sense. And then not just that, but they are then telling us that we are bad people because we are driving gas-powered vehicles. We're bad people. So, because you're a bad person, Melissa, pay up. And you want to drive a gas powered vehicle, you have to pay more for the vehicle and you have to pay more to run the vehicle. Of course. Because you're a bad person and you made a bad choice by having a gas powered vehicle that is polluting our world. <laughs> and when you look at the craziness of it all, like on the chart, we, Canada as a whole, is one percent of the entire planets one you look at india china no one's looking at india and china and freaking out at them and putting carbon tax they still dump trash into the ocean yep that is a fact trash and chemicals 100 percent. and nobody says anything about it so you're telling me we plant more trees we actually give off we're actually neutral already, basically. Yes. So, but again, it's coming from the government mm-hmm. of, even look at, this may be a subject for another day, but the plastic, they just, they banned plastic bags, plastic mm-hmm. straws, everything was yep. banned because it was horrible for the environment, it's dangerous, yada, yada, yada. So they implemented those disintegrating paper straws yep. and anything out, paper bags, or you have to buy fabric bags at the grocery store, Mm -hmm. um, all these things. Well, there's just been an overturn on that because the paper straws are toxic. They're they're bad. Mm -hmm. The government has lost their mind. I don't know how we got here. But (laughs) the government has lost their mind. And it's because they just, they're in control. Nobody is saying... This is crazy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. We don't, we can't control it. We can't, well, my understanding is we can't do anything. I can't just not buy gas. 
Well, what no. am I going to do? They took <clears throat> all the bags from the grocery store, so I yeah. have to bring my own, which is fine. I'm not really upset about it. Like, whatever. That's great for the I'm environment. I'm fine with the reusable cloth bags. I totally am fine with those. However, they're not biodegradable. No. They are not green. And when you accumulate 20,000 of them... You end up, like, throwing them out anyway. They're do you know what I did with mine? So here's a little fun story. I had an excessive amount of reusable shopping bags, like crazy amount. Yep. So I decided one day I was going to do like a clean out, keep the ones that I use the most because I like them. I like the size. I like the handles. I like the whatever I like about them. Decided to downscale, keep the ones that are good and useful that I like, took the rest and I went down. I did a little, I did a little road trip. I went down to our area food bank at lunchtime when they opened and it was lined up down the street and around the corner. There had to be, oh, that was heartbreaking. There had to be four dozen people at least in lineup to get into the food bank. I just simply parked my car, got out, walked over to everyone in lineup and I just asked who needs bags and I just gave them out to whoever the first group of people were. And then I felt horrible because I didn't have more because there was people asking me and I was already out. So now at least I know what to do with them because I don't, I guess the food bank probably runs out. So they, you know, it's helpful for the people that are standing and waiting in line. So now at least I know what to do with them. And hey, shout out to the food bank in Peterborough. And if you have excessive amounts of these reusable bags at home. Now you know where to take them. Now you know where to take them. Because the people that are waiting to get in or the people that are running the food bank program, I'm sure they would be very happy to have them. Yeah. But with all of that, this came from actions and words not matching and feeling manipulated by large companies or small companies or people that somehow we, the general population, are inconveniencing them from doing what they are obligated to do under either A, their contractual agreement, B, the fact that they signed up for the job that they're doing, and C, they're manipulating us into feeling like the bad guys for doing something that we are supposed to be doing. So it started with me inquiring about a property to the listing agent asking for a viewing. Her then treating me like I was an inconvenience, then lying to my real estate team who then had to come in on my behalf when I wasn't getting anywhere with her. And then saying four different stories. You signed up to be a real estate agent. You took the course. You passed the test. You're an agent. You have a property that's listed for sale. You're working under contract for the seller of said property. Your obligation is to the seller to sell that property. Come any means necessary. Hell or high water. And not, again, not unreasonably being like, I need to see it at midnight. No, and seriously, I contacted her during business hours. Of course. Right? I'm not going to be a jerk and contact her at 9 o'clock at night and demand to see it at 9 a.m. the following day. I am also a business owner. 
that would be unrealistic and that would be a really jerk move of me. I would not do that to anybody. Of course. I asked her on Monday for a viewing on Thursday night. And here we are. That's right. Now, mind you, I finally got my viewing. Of course. On Thursday night. But it took four of us to do it. Right. Which Which is is unnecessary. Horrifically unnecessary. Like, and then the excuses and the four different lies and the stories and the manipulation tactics. So let's move that forward. Let's say I want to buy this property. Let's say I go see it and I'm like, yep, this is the house I want. I'm buying this property. She makes two and a half percent commission off the sale of this house. For doing nothing. For literally giving me the biggest headache and hassling not just me, but my team and manipulating and lying and half-truthing the whole stuff, the whole story. Well, I'm going to pull in a conversation we actually had last week of contractors Oh, yeah. Right? So, (laughs) no, but just as a, I don't want to throw everybody under the bus, but as a general rule of, maybe it's just where we live, but I'm sure it isn't, Mm -hmm. a lot of them tend to be these kind of shady, they have these shady lines of integrity and what's, what's allowed and what's not and what's good business and what's not and... Some people are downright, you know, like full on immoral and, you know, little scumbaggy and others are, which are ruining it for actually people that are coming up and trying to do great things. But like, I remember we even had people doing work and it'll be, you know, just another example of like, oh, we'll be back tomorrow. And then they come back and they just drop equipment and then they leave again because they've triple booked themselves that day. And they're too busy and they can't get to us even though we're booked in for today. But, you know, we're here though. Here's here. We're dropping off equipment, but we'll be back. Like, yeah. And it happens all the time. And again, that's just one more example, but it's just happening more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And I say it all the time, but what we allow continues. Mm -hmm. So I think more of us need to just like put our foot down more being like, this is inappropriate. I'm not going to do business. I'm not going to do dealings. Now, of course, the other things that we were talking about as far as the banks and the grocery mm-hmm. stores and the phones and stuff. We're held hostage by those companies, Absolutely. Though. But like, where we can, I, I think... I can't we- get my hydro to any my other way. house yeah. from any other way because Hydro One has a monopoly in Ontario. Right. I don't have a choice. I, when it comes to gas... We we can choose which gas company we purchase from, but we cannot choose the price we pay for it because it is set by the company. Yes. So whether I go to, you know, <clears throat> the one around the corner or the one down the block or the one down the street or I drive all the way out of town to go to a different one. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's out of our control. Because the regulators... Uh, for the industry, just literally throw a dart at a board and decide what price they're going to charge day in and day out. And it can change four times in a day. Oh, I bet you somebody's there being like, how badly can we milk it today? 
Honestly, I swear that I feel like you're right. every day. I had this conversation with my other my coworker this morning. We're off to we're off to work, and I said so on our way home from back it up on our way home from work last night. I noticed that the price of fuel was lowish. It's never low, <laughs> but it was cheaper than it was the day you're before. You're delusional. A dollar thirty-seven is low. That's enough to make you want used to, to be a dollar. A dollar, girl. When I started driving at sixteen, it's like sixty-seven. It was forty-five cents a liter back in the day. Now I'm paying a dollar forty-five cents a liter for the same gas coming out of the same land, coming out of the same pipe, coming out of the same thing. But that carbon tax is like making the world a difference, Deb. It's making the world a difference. Amazing. Okay, well, on that note, let's wrap it here. We will... Let's talk about manipulators another day under a different context because I think... I think we've kind of opened up a big old can of worms, but when it comes down to it, people, if your actions do not match your words and whether your intention was good or not, if you are not acting with integrity and you are not acting with any sort of morals and ethics, word travels fast. People are catching on. Big companies, little companies, Individual business owners, large-scale business owners, government, school boards, the paper carrier, I don't care who you are. If you are doing business, you better get your act together because those of us out here in the world, we are noticing. Absolutely. Amazing. Until next time, guys. Farewell, y'all.